Hello. Everybody. My name is Eric. I am one of the pastors here. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And uh, oh man, I get so excited for Christmas. Can I can you sound excited? So I think you're as excited as me. Merry Christmas! Yes, 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 yes. Oh man, do I love this time of year. Uh, if you were here yesterday, I want you to yell out the big point that I asked you to take away. I said if you only have one point, make sure you leave here with that point. What was it? All right. You know what? I can't get sick of hearing that either. So let me hear that one more time. 
All right. Man, it sounds so basic, but uh, boy, is it just so rich. And, and I'd be remiss, before I, before I move on, how cool is this having two churches coming together for the first time, for our first ever joint? This is, this is just an absolute blessing. So what we're going to do is I'm going to share, instead of a traditional message, a 10-minute devotion on the first advent. We're going to sing a song in the middle. Daniel's going to finish it off with a 10-minute devotion on the second advent. And we're going to light some candles, worship Jesus, and all settle in for a long winter's nap. So, um, you know, the reason I have you guys repeat, God loves you. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in a church service. I've sat in Christmas services. And, and the words, God loves you, were never uttered. I mean, can you imagine coming here? The, the center of this book is the heart of God. And that, the extent that he went to, to love you and show you how deeply he loves you. And if you can't walk away from a Christian gospel service with the words, God loves you every time, then you haven't heard the gospel preached. God loves you. So let's make sure that we just say that, repeat that, and keep repeating it as we go along. As we get to the end of this series, we have used one verse to kind of tie together all four of the messages. We've used this verse from 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Um, you guys should know it by now. Um, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And we use that for Advent because it actually shows us proof that God loves you. He loved you so much that he left the riches of heaven to come down and become flesh, according to that verse. He loves you so much that he became poor. And when it's talking about becoming poor, it's talking about the miracle of the incarnation. He was born of humble beginnings and became like us in every way because he loves you so much. He offered himself so that by that ultimate act of poverty where he poured out everything, we who were unaware of just how poor we really were might become rich in Christ Jesus. That's why we've used that verse all along. So tonight we wrap up this Advent series with the idea that in Christ we are fully loved. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Advent, which again refers to Jesus' coming to earth. And, and most of what we've spoken of so far and sung about and, and when we've done the scripture readings and the lighting of the candles has been about his first Advent, something that we call the Incarnation Christmas. But the Advent is also a reminder of his second coming or second Advent, the fact that Jesus is coming again. And when we celebrate that Jesus has come, we're also celebrating that just as certain as it is that he's come, he is coming again to rescue his people, the church. So tonight we want to combine those two thoughts, fully loved and our Lord's Advent. We want to show you that you were loved, you are loved, and then Daniel is going to come up and show you in that second Advent, you will be loved forever and ever and ever. So you know that um, we've been talking a lot about loving God and loving others in this series. And, and I would just, um, like I told you yesterday, it grates against my Calvinist nerves 
to not be able to point out the genesis of all of that love that we have talked about. 1 John 4.19, that the only reason that any of us love is because he first loved us. In this season where we talk so much about the love of God, loving others, charity, goodwill to man, the reason that we can love others is because Christ has first loved you. The reason that you can love God is because God has first loved you. You. So the only reason that we can love is we were first loved by God. Years ago, in eternity past, God chose you to be the recipient of his love. And he is the one who chose. We're not choosing him. He's the one that pursued. You didn't pursue him. He loved you, according to Romans, when you were at your most unlovable. So anybody, you know... I used to be that person who would come to church that wasn't a Christian, that didn't know what the gospel meant. You know what I would think that I, I had to do? And I'll bet you that there's some people here that think this or thought this today. I would try to shine up the outside as much as I could because I knew just what death was going on on the inside. And, and, and my hope was that I could pull the wool over the eyes of other people. But I think part of me thought I was pulling the wool over the eyes of God. And maybe if I just shine myself up well enough, then I would be the object of his affection. Well, it tells us in Romans that when you were at your dirtiest, most foul, and least lovable is when God's favor came upon you and he loved you. Um, surely he taught us to love one another, right? We're going to sing that later on by showing us what love was when he poured out his life and love on the cross. He enabled us to love even like even just the very power to love, it tells us in Jeremiah 29, that we couldn't have done that unless he came and took away this heart of stone that we had, and he gave us a brand new heart of flesh. And his love for us continues to be what empowers us and motivates us to be able to love others. His love is the engine we love because he first loved us. And in the next couple of minutes, I want to show you that he loved you he loves you, and he will always love you. So God first started all of this. The reason we're here is because God began this by first loving you. I remember when I first found out that um, Marcy was pregnant with Gracie. Um, we were really young and newly married and very scared and very poor and um, we were married all of a week, um, and it, it, was, it was a scary time. And then we started going for those sonograms. And then you go for the first one where you can actually see that little bean move around inside the belly. And you know what? I don't really know how to explain what happened in this heart other than the Grinch movie where it says, and his heart grew three sizes that day. And I think you can identify it, but something that was new to me that I could not explain, I began to love with a love that I did not know that I was even capable of loving. And this Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day. And that's the way that God describes his love for you. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before you were even formed in your mother's womb, he was crazy about you. How cool is that? Revelation 13 tells us that he was the Lamb of God 
by his own choice who was slain by, before the foundation of the world. Because he loves you. Ephesians 1 tells us, check out this list of goodies. Before you were even born or before you were a twinkle in your mother's eye. That you were chosen, adopted, blessed, predestined, redeemed, and forgiven before you were even a twinkle. God has always loved you. Before we ever knew what it meant to love God, God had been actively pursuing you so that He could make you the object of His affections. So from the past, God has loved you. Not only did He love you, but when He came in His first advent, He did so because He presently loves you. So this is the love of Christmas past. This is the love of Christmas present, if you will. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that he humbled himself and came to earth the way that we know as the Christmas story. Because God loves you. The Christmas promise in Luke 2.14 pronounces good news to all whom he is pleased. Do you understand that? That's saying that if you're in Christ, the good news is God is pleased with you right now. How amazing is that truth? I mean, not on the basis of your ability to be pleasing either, but because Jesus was pleasing in your place when you weren't able to be pleasing. And I don't want you to leave here today wondering if God is pleased with you. I want to tell you, if you are here, if you are... If you are here and you have not come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can know Him right here and now. And all it requires is realizing that no matter how many good works you've done, you could never do enough good to be able to gain access to His kingdom. But then trusting that Jesus came and lived a perfect, pleasing life that you couldn't. And He was pleased. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. He was pleased to carry your sins on His shoulders to the cross. And He rose again and proclaimed victory over sin and death. And God was pleased by Christ's sacrifice. And if you embrace Christ as Savior today, this good news applies to you. But do you get this Christian also? God is pleased with you. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but anybody do anything radically unpleasing today? This week, you know, you just caught your mouth saying like, man, uh, I should have stopped myself ahead of time. I knew I was going to be coming to church. Now I'm going to feel all convicted because I just like my attitude has been crummy. And here you are. And man, all of that's just dissipated. And you're like, ah, why don't I just believe that I would have this opportunity to be able to come and enjoy him. But the good news is that even if you were not all that pleasing, if you were in Christ, Christ is pleased with you because he's not pleased with you on the merit of your being able to be pleasing. He's pleased with you on the merit of Christ who is pleasing on your behalf when you had no ability to be pleasing. Do you get that? Do you know? You can say, God is pleased with me because God presently loves you. So in the past, God loves you. But I want you to take this away from my first part of the message. God doesn't love a polished up future version of you. He loved you in eternity past. He came to earth driven by love for you. 
and he continues to love you right now. Romans 8.34, think about this, says that he lives to make intercession on your behalf right now. So as we're gathered here to proclaim our love for Jesus, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father proclaiming his love for you. Think about that. As we're gathered here to praise his name, he's seated at the right hand of his Father interceding for your name and on your behalf. So he saw that we were loved, we saw that we are loved, and lastly, he's coming back, and he is coming back to love you for all of eternity, the love of Christmas future. And that's what Pastor Daniel is going to be sharing in a moment, the second advent that he's coming back, and that you who are loved will always be loved. But between the first and the second advent, something cool happened. There was this mystery that we get to call the church. And between those advents, we were told to be God's people and to worship. So in a moment, Pastor Daniel's going to share about the love of that second advent, but now we're going to be the church, and I'm going to ask you to rise and worship the King.